Welcome. God's grace and blessings upon you, my friend. Oh, crazy times out there. I'm recording this still under quarantine with COVID, but God, the universe, bless you. Take care of you, and I hope you're doing well. Uh, Today, I want to talk about a question. Who's going to heaven? Who is going to heaven? You know, and another way I sometimes look at this is, does God want Christians who are only scared of hell? You know, I'm, I'm not really sure that's the right way to look at it. You know, we don't want to scare people into heaven. When I go on a trip to the store and my kids are there, I invite them. I want my kids to come with me. Not because they're scared that mom's going to make them do housework. I want them to come along with me just to have a good time. Now, I'll take them if they're going to get, you know, going to be made to wash dishes or vacuum the floor or something. But I want them just to spend time with them. Okay? I want people around me who want to be around me. That's cool. So, looking at heaven. Who is going to go to heaven? We have been debating that for thousands of years. So, if you want my short version, my short version is, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not drawing that line inside, outside. Maybe everybody. Okay? So, let me give you my thinking here. First off, every Christian church in America I know kind of has these rules, or at least the conservative ones, have rules for in and out. You're saved or you're not saved. You know, I grew up in a church. We went to altar. There were altar calls every single week. And I knew people that went up there every single week. They were scared of hell. They wanted to make sure they were, did the right thing. You know, never really sure they were good with God. So constantly, you know, I, I, I want to make sure I'm saved. And so they'd say a prayer and, and think it's all cool. So there's rules that a lot of places have for how to be a Christian. What's in or what's out? Are you going to heaven or are you going to hell? Now, looking at Jesus, we, we can never forget that Jesus was a Jew. And as a Jew, he had tons of laws. Old Testament is full of laws. But Jesus, as a Jew, the Jewish attitude toward the law was not, it's a bad thing. Oh, no, I'm going to mess up and God's going to smite me. Oh, I'm going to go to hell if I don't. Oh, I got to fall. No. The Jewish attitude of the law is, this is good. God has given the law to make my life better. And if you look in the Old Testament, a lot of those rules and laws really did make people's lives better. Build the latrines so far outside the camp. Hey, that's a law, but it's also pretty darn good hygiene. Keep you from getting sick and your family from getting sick. Okay. Um, and then, uh, you know, treat people fairly with respect. If you hurt somebody's sheep, you got to pay them for it. Okay. All, all sorts of things like this. Um, and even the ones that we look at as really harsh today, you know, if your brother dies without a child, you got to sleep with his wife. To, to us, that sounds like rape. But remember, back in that culture, you know, women were basically possessions. And a woman's value was on whether she had kids. In fact, other women would make fun of her if she couldn't have a kid, if she didn't have a kid. And on top of that, 
Children are social security. They take care of you when you're old. So there's a lot of reasons that a woman would want to have a kid. So this law is actually, it was trying to do a really, really good thing. Here is a woman whose husband died. She has no child. What does she do? Brother should sleep with her and give her a child. Let her have her own family. Let her have someone to love. Let her have someone to take care of her when she gets old. That's a good thing. All right. Um, yes, there are some terrible laws back there. You know, killing homosexuals, you know. No, no, no. uh-uh, wrong. Uh, and then, uh, you know, like, don't eat shellfish. You know, I, I, I don't know. You know, maybe the food was just polluted back then or you couldn't get it fresh or whatever. You know, make sure you grow your hair out if you're a man. You know, you got beard requirements. I don't know. Maybe so you could tell who was in the tribe and out of the tribe. You, you, you can know who's family and who's not, who you're going to be safe with. It, I don't know. Some of the rules seem a little silly to us. Some seem a little dangerous. But for the most part, the rules were supposed to be good to help you, help you live a better life. Now, and Jesus saw it that way. One of the rules was, you know, don't work on the Sabbath. And in a culture where you could work seven days a week, this was pretty radical. Take a day off. You're going to kill yourself working seven days a week, and you'll live longer and happier. If you take it off, spend it with your family, you know, spend it with God, relax a little bit. So, good things. Now, flash forward a couple thousand years, and here's Jesus, a good Jew, observant Jew, loves the law, follows the law, obeys the law, and he's walking through some wheat fields with his disciples, and the guys are getting really hungry. They've been on the go for a while, haven't stopped to eat anything. Jesus hasn't done any miracles multiplying bread today. So they just start picking the heads of grain and they're popping in their mouth and eating them so they can at least get a little energy to try and make it through till dinner time or wherever they're going. And some people show up and say, oh, 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 Jesus, look at this. You are not obeying the law. Your disciples, they're harvesting on the Sabbath. That's work. And Jesus kind of looks at them like they're idiots. He's like, the law was not made to enslave man. The law was made to benefit man. And in this case, they're hungry. And which is more important, feeding somebody... Or obeying strictly a rule. Jesus said, it, it's taking care of people. Feeding people is one of the most important things you can do. He said, now what about, you know, if you had a sheep and it fell into a pit on the Sabbath, are you just going to let it die down there? Or are you going to like go get some rope and get it out? You're going to work on the Sabbath. You're going to take care of it. That's godly. That's good. Okay. The law, it's a suggestion. There's times to break the law because you're obeying a higher law. And the higher law is feed people, take care of people, take care of their health. Now, um, so my question really is this. We have people saying that you have to be saved, you have to accept Jesus, you have to say the prayer, you have to be baptized, you have to, have to, have to, have to, have to. All these have tos. In order to go to heaven. 
if Jesus was willing to bend the law to somebody's benefit for feeding them for a day, wouldn't he be willing to have that same attitude toward the law in a larger sense when your whole eternity is dependent upon that? Jesus says, it's okay to break the law to feed somebody on the Sabbath. Would it be okay? Would Jesus bend this love? You have to say this prayer. You have to go down to the altar. You have to be baptized. You have to, have to, have to. Would he bend that law to send somebody to heaven? I'm thinking so. Now, there's a story in the Bible about the final days. And don't take this too literally. Jesus is using this as an example. Final days. And it's before God and the Jesus is separating in the and the uh, and he's separating the sheep from the goats. Sheep represent those that God cares for. Goats are like the worthless things. You don't want the goats, you want the sheep. Sheep are better. You get wool, you get um, mutton, you get all these good things from sheep and keep you warm. Goats, these head button foolish things, get them out of here. So he separate them, and he here's the interesting thing. They are not separated by what they believe. He didn't say, I want all the Jews on this side, everybody else on the other. He didn't say, I want the Baptists on this side, I want everybody else on the other. I want Christians on this side, Muslims, you are way over there. No, he did not say that. How were they separated? By what they did. By what they did. So on one side, he got the sheep, and he said... When I was in prison, you visited me. When I was thirsty, you gave me a drink of water. When I was naked, you bought me some clothes. And they looked at him and go, when, when did we ever do that? I, I don't remember you being naked. I, don't, I, I mean, I, I would have given you some pants, but I don't remember that. And Jesus said, when you did it to anybody, you did it to me. Anybody. And they're like, oh. Okay. And he looks at the goats on the other side. And he says, you didn't feed me. You didn't clothe me. You didn't visit me in prison. Get out of here. And they looked at him and said, wait, wait, wait. What, what, what do you mean? If, if we'd have known you needed pants, we'd have can we get some pants for God in here? Jesus needs some pants. What size do you wear? And can we get a Coke? He's thirsty, apparently. I missed that. Can we get some cold Cokes all around back here? No. Jesus said, no. When you didn't do it to anybody else, you didn't do it to me. And I think what's really interesting on this, again, is that he divided people based upon what they did, not their religion. So, final story. Actually, um, no, one more uh, a verse couple of verses right here. Uh, Romans 8, 14. This is one of my favorites. Those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. And when you think of dividing the sheep and the goats, he divided them, those who were led by his Spirit and those who were not. So, were some of those sheep Muslim? May very well have been. Were some of those sheep Mormon? Were some of those sheep Catholic? Were some of those sheep atheists? Were some of those sheep Sikhs? Hindu? They were led by God's Spirit to feed people, take care of people, help people. 
God says, whoever's led by my spirit, these are my people. Not what you believe. It's are you following my spirit, whether you know it or not. So this got me thinking. Now, please take this with a grain of salt. I'm going to make myself look really good here, but I don't believe it for a second, okay? But I was talking to God one day. Me and God, we hanging. And out at the beach, watching the surfers. And I, I was thinking to myself about getting into heaven. I realized something about how smart and spiritual I actually am. Yeah, I go, hey, hey, God, I bet I know 99% of everything about you. More than any human being ever has or ever will. I am that good. Again, I'm being facetious here, but, but stick with me for the, for the point. And then God said, yeah, but you're still not at 100%. And so I'm going to give you some grace on that point. I'm gonna, you're going to be at 100%. 99% you, because you're that good, Rob. Other 1%, I'm going to give you grace. And I'm like, whew, that's good. And then I started thinking, well, what about, what about people in my denomination? I identify as Episcopalian. Episcopalians, 95% right. I'm 99%, but they're 95% right. Great. Would God give an Episcopalian 5% grace? Sure. Absolutely. Okay, then we go down a little bit. What about a denomination that's totally opposite mine? What about conservative Baptists? Don't ordain, don't ordain women, a lot of them. Um, different viewpoints on, on a lot of things. Rapture, all sorts of things. Let's say they're only 85% correct. Would God give them 15% grace? Sure. God's not going to withhold 15% grace. Okay? What about Catholics? See, I was kind of raised that Catholics are iffy. We're not sure if they're really Christians or not. By the way, I've spoken to some Catholics who told me they were brought up to believe the same thing about us. But... um, but let's but here's Catholics. Not sure if they're let's say Catholics are 75%. Right. 75%. Would God give them 25% grace? Sure. Okay. And I, I was also brought up, well, while Catholics are iffy, Mormons are definitely going to hell. No, no Mormons in heaven. That's what I was brought up. I think it was so Mormons, 50% correct. God, you know, they, they love Jesus, um, but they've got a bunch of weird spiritual practices. They've got that secret marriage. I believe Jesus came to North America. I go, wow, way, way different from what I believe. Would God give them 50% grace? I said to myself, I think so. And I think part of this came when I, when I met a, my, uh, I had an aunt-in-law who's Mormon, loved God, loved Jesus, loved people, gave money away, fed the poor, prayed for her kids every day. And I go, so maybe let's say she does have a little bit wrong with her theology. I've got something wrong with mine. I'm only 99%, right? Is God going to condemn her to hell because she doesn't understand the way I understand as clearly as I understand who God is? 
said, no, I can't see this woman, this godly woman, who loves God and is showing it every day. I can't see her going to hell. You know, and then you can go down as far as you want. Sikhs, you know, Hindus, atheists, you know. And let's take it all the way down to the bottom. Somebody who's a murderer. 1% correct, maybe. Would God give them 99% grace? I don't know. I don't know where the cutoff line is. And I'll tell you this, I'm not drawing it. I'm not going to say it's at 90%. I'm not going to say it's at 10%. I'm not going to say there's a line. If God wants to draw a line, God can draw a line, but he hasn't shared that line with me. So, I'm going to assume my mission goes back to Romans 8.14. Those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. And that story of the sheep and the goats, I want to be a sheep. So, what's God want you to do? I don't think it's believe the right thing. I think it's do the right thing. Feed somebody, give them a cup of cold water, shelter them, not for the tax write-off, but take care of them. Spread some love in the world. People need that right now. And I want to end with my blessing. I started with my blessing like I do every day. And I'm going to end with your forgiveness. God has forgiven you of your sins. God's grace and peace be upon you. Go do something good in the world. Thanks for being here. I'm Rob. This is Surfboard Theology.